phone us if you have to. I don't care. Send a pigeon if you <laughs> if that's the easiest way that you know how to do it. Welcome to the Brand Engine Podcast, where we use proven strategies, real-life case studies, and actionable tips to help you, the small business owner, take control of your website and build your brand online. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Brand Engine Podcast. My name is Gerald Porschman. And with me once again is the entrepreneurial Mr. Barry Moore. Hey, yeah, Barry. That's good. I get a superlative this week. I got nothing last week. No, you don't get one every week. No. It's only when you uh, when only you one. do something that is worth a superlative, you get one. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, hello everybody, and uh, welcome back to the Brand Engine Podcast. Yeah, this is number thirty-four, Barry. We are kicking along, and I don't know where you're sitting right now, but I'm telling you where I'm sitting. It is about thirty-four degrees. Which uh, for our people that are in the states and and uh, countries that still use Fahrenheit, what would that be? It's double it, it plus thirty, would, it isn't it? It would be damn hot. Damn, <laughs> that'll do. Damn hot. Damn hot. One thing I can't use. I've been in Australia for I don't know uh, twenty years now, and I still can't get used to a warm Christmas. That's all right. Christmas can't get used to you either. That's fair. <laughs> fair enough. That's why I never get anything. <laughs> That's right. Hey. Uh, we're, we're, when we're recording this podcast today, it's eight days till Christmas. Yeah, eight days till Christmas. Are you kidding me? I know. That, how fast did this year go crazy? I know. What did you get me? Um, nothing. Again. A lump of coal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, looking at uh, last week's uh, podcast, we got a really good review that I think, uh, Barry, would you mind reading that out before we kick off? Yeah, sure. Just a uh, five-star review over on iTunes in the United States uh, iTunes store. It's from Wanted Hero, and he writes, overly impressed, five stars. Hello, gents. Learned about you on Carol Amato's site, and uh, once I visited your website, subscribed right away. Voices are wonderful to listen to, though I have to admit I was expecting Perry to be Australian. Uh, whoops, I am Australian. I'm as girt by sea as anybody. I've been here for, I got the passport. Uh, and then he goes on to say, yeah, thank you for being clean, concise, and professional. This is a podcast I can share with readers who respect me without fear of hidden vulgarity and packed with value. Also want to say I appreciate the clear subject titles because I didn't have to, uh, I didn't have an interest in or need for all the podcasts and was able to download the ones I did, about 85% of them. Uh, awesome. Loading my iPod now so I can take it in the car. Well, thanks, Wanted Hero. Appreciate you stopping by and appreciate you leaving a five-star review. And uh, folks, if you want to give us a five-star review, you can head over to iTunes and we'll read it out on a future show. That is fantastic. And hey, if uh, if you want vulgarity, we can quite, <laughs> quite easily do that. Yeah, you, if you uh, want to listen to the end of most shows, there's a nice little blooper reel there, especially last week, episode 33. <laughs> There was yeah, a garbage yeah. truck, a garbage truck parked outside my house for about forty-five minutes, beeping up the storm. It was really uh, there was a string of vulgarities there, but we did beep them out for everyone. Yeah, yeah, too, it was too funny actually. And I'm going to have to put my apologies in uh, for today's podcast because so one of the things that we will talk about in in podcasting is about background noise. Now we um, we rescued a puppy over the last couple of days and the puppy is with me at the moment and if you if you hear some snoring <laughs> that is not me falling asleep while Barry's talking 
which does happen occasionally. <laughs> it isn't this time. It has happened. <laughs> not, not this time. So I'm going to put the blame on the little puppy. And if you do hear it in the background, it's actually quite cute. A little snore from a Shih Tzu puppy that's been abused. All right. All right, buddy. So, look, talking about podcasts, I think there have been a lot of people that have come to me actually and asked me about, you know, how do we set up a podcast? And there's been all these questions around how do I even get started on my own uh, podcast? So I think today, Barry, if you wouldn't mind, we should maybe explore and unpack this a little bit and, you know, dig down into the intricacies of developing a podcast. What do you think? Sounds good. Let's get into it. So, Barry, um, I guess the main question is when it comes to podcasts is the whole idea of getting your podcast, getting a microphone, uh, getting some sort of a, um, a laptop or iPad or, or something so that I can speak into the microphone, that it captures the information onto a computer and then we upload it. But look, let's, let's just backtrack a little bit before all that happens is that how do we get started in, in creating a show? What do we do? So for the last few weeks, we've been talking about that authority marketing model and how you mm. want to create content. Get that content out there so people can find it and, and draw them back to your website. So build a bit of an authority, build some pull marketing, and get people back. Yeah. Uh, a podcast is an excellent, excellent way to do that. You can get your message out to, um, I think Nikki's in 78, 80 countries now with her podcast. Wow, yep. And I think it's really it's relatively easy. So I know last week in episode thirty three we spoke a lot about you know using video and the difficulty sometimes there is the the cost that's associated with video. So podcasting uh, can be relatively cost effective. But I guess um, before we get into like I said about all that, um, do we have to decide on the type of format that we use yeah, before so, we head off? Yeah. So there's. Um so there's a lot of moving parts to get a show up and going, and once it's going, it's pretty easy. You just have to have yeah. the discipline to, to continue to create the content. And I think it, you're right. It's definitely easier than video because there's no lights and backdrops and all the rest of it. You can just have a quiet room mm-hmm. somewhere and, and a microphone, and, and away you go. So, yeah. So we'll talk about the uh, all the moving parts you need to get a podcast going. So um, just quickly... Uh, the format, so you need to decide on a format, um, how you're going to record that content, how you're going to edit that content, where that content's going to live, so that it has to be publicly accessible, obviously, so people can download it, mm. um, and then how you're going to syndicate that content out to different podcast directories like iTunes and Stitcher, etc. Um, and then always with the, uh, with the goal in mind of driving them back to your site so that they can engage with you. So you're going to need a call to action in there somewhere yeah. as well. Yep, so why don't we just dive in and, and talk talk about format. Yeah, so talk to me about the formats. I'm guessing, you know, the, the format that we're using here, and we use a, um, a variety of them. We use a the uh, duo, so there's yourself and, and me, but we also have uh, interviews. That's right. But what else is there? Yeah, so you can either do a podcast uh, by yourself, so a mm-hmm. solo podcast where you're talking about a particular topic, and there's some quite popular ones there. Um, I guess the pros and cons of that is uh, the pros are it's just you. So you, you, your scheduling is easy. Whenever you have free time, you can do it. Mm. Um, the drawback there is, um, you know, you're carrying the whole weight of the show on your own shoulders and you have to come up with all the content and you have to carry the whole show and keep people interested with just your own, you know, solo voice. Mm-hmm. can be done, um, but some people might find that intimidating to start out with. So another alternative, as you said, is the dynamic duo kind of format where there's two co-hosts like the, that we do here at the Brand Engine. Mm. 
Um, you can have multi-host where there might be a panel of people. Um, you might have three or four hosts or some guest hosts that pop in and uh, in and out from time to time. Uh, the pros and cons of that format is, you know, it's it's more of a conversation. So people people like talk shows because they they feel like they're just tuning into a conversation. You know, that's why mm. the TV talk show format is so popular. So with two people, you can bounce ideas back off each other, and um, it's more of a conversation that people can listen into. Uh, the drawbacks, I guess, there with those duo or multi-host uh, formats is the scheduling, right? So you have, yeah. you have to find a time when everybody's available um, and schedule that time in, and then if one person misses it, you've got to reschedule it. So um, it can be a bit of a scheduling uh, that can be a bit of a bottleneck for mm. getting your shows out. Um, the interview format. We've certainly done that, um, interviewed a few people. Um, the good uh, pros and cons of that kind of format are um, you get to uh, get a fresh perspective in. So if it's just you and I talking all the time in the kind of dynamic duo format, um, you know, it's going to get stale and you yeah. want to mix it up and keep people interested in. So you can get experts in a particular topic to come in and, and talk about that particular topic or um, a particular subject. Um, and the other pros of that uh, can be you can kind of cross-promote yourself to their audience as well. So mm. if you have someone on and you do an interview with them, well, they're probably going to want to promote that interview to their tribe or their followers as well. So it kind of opens the doors to new audiences for you. Mm. Um, one word of caution I would say with if you're using the authority marketing model, which we've been talking about uh, for the last few weeks, if you do strictly interviews and that's all you do is you just interview experts in their field, and I've seen a lot of people do this with their podcast, what you're doing is you're giving your authority away. Yeah. So you're positioning all your guests as the authority and you're just the interviewer. So remember at the core of this, we want to build our authority out there and let people know that we are a subject matter expert in a particular subject or a particular field. So mm. if you're always doing interviews, you can be undermining your own authority marketing model there. So. Yeah, and I guess uh, I guess the thing is also is that it's finding what you're comfortable in doing. So for myself, for example, I like using uh, the solo model as well as the duo, so you and I. I think if we had more than two or three in our panel, Barry, what would happen is that we would start to maybe over-talk each other and then unless it's really schmick and, and we really have a great format that we know when each person's speaking, then it becomes professional. But I've I've heard where three or four people have been on a panel doing a podcast where there's been overtalk or somebody's speaking and then somebody interjects and, and it becomes really messy and uncomfortable. So I kind of like the the solo and the duo, but I also do the the last one there, which we really haven't um, dived into, which is the educational one. Yeah, for sure. So other formats, so you can just do like a news and events show around mm. a particular subject. There's been heaps of podcasts around like television shows, you know, so... Um, like Lost, for example, people would have a whole podcast around Lost and what's happening, yeah, what's yeah. going on with the plot. So, um, uh, and then the other one, yeah, the educational one. So if you want to string together a series of podcasts based on a particular topic or you're trying to teach people, so, you know, week one becomes lesson one, week, week two becomes lesson two. So um, that's a good way to do it, especially if you're building that authority marketing model. And that's kind of what we're doing here. You know, mm, uh, mm. each week we're kind of building on a new concept and building on a new concept for your kind of case study website. So while this is, you know, we're kind of mixing up the formats with the dynamic duo format, sometimes we're an interview format. Um, it's largely educational type content to, to try and educate people and add value to what they're doing as well. So um, you don't have to go with just one. You can actually mix mm. it up. 
And for a good example of that, for those that have been following us since, you know, week three or, you know, even way back to week one, when we started our first podcast, we used me as the case study and we developed a website called thepresentationcoach.com.au where I become the authority in that. And because that we are doing the brand engine, uh, one of the ideas there was to be able to utilize all the information that we're teaching people and showing people how to use and then implementing it into that case study. So if you were to pop over or jump over to thepresentationcoach.com.au, you will actually see that you know I've put up a, about three or four different podcasts which are uh, one, educational, but also two on the solo. So they do work because I find, Barry, that they are relatively easy to do. Yeah, from a from an ease of content perspective, you know, we talked about kind of three major categories there. You've got videos and in podcasting and articles or blog posts on your website. It's kind of the three pillars there. And we also talked about creating courses mm-hmm. on places like Udemy or Lynda.com. But um, of those three kind of major pillar pieces of content i actually find podcasting is probably the easiest you know Mm, know, mm. there's no lights there's no setup there's no backdrops um and sitting in front of a a blank cursor on a white screen and having to go right i've got to come up with a thousand words or two thousand words now um can be a bit intimidating where everybody knows how to talk and everybody's pretty comfortable talking so all you have to do is flip on the mic and start talking you know so it can be easier to produce if you're comfortable with that um yeah interesting you say about the white cursor i was uh, listening to a podcast with Jerry Seinfeld, and he said he likes he likes more often writing on a piece of paper than having to sit onto uh, a computer because the white cursor is is flashing at you saying write something, yeah. write something, write something. Right. And I'm waiting, podcast, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Come on, hurry up, write something. So this is like you say, it's easy to set up. So I guess now that we've decided on the format, uh, and let's just say for us, for example, we're just doing a duo, so we'll use that as the study today, a case study. So sure. we're using a duo. Um, is then recording the content would be the second thing. What do we need to record the content? Yep, so obviously you need a microphone to record into. Um, I would suggest you don't use the microphone on your laptop or your desktop because it it's going to be sitting mm-hmm. you know, um, a meter away or two, three feet away from you and all it's going to do is going to produce a lot of echo um, pretty much anywhere or wind noise if you're outside or whatever. So you're going to need to invest in a mic. It doesn't have to be a lot of money. Um, yeah. We always talk about the Rode Smart Lab. Um, which is just a lavalier lapel microphone that you pin on. You can pick those up for $50, $60 and mm. link to it in the show notes. Um, you can also go with any number of kind of those portable recording devices. I can't remember what you had. I think it was a Zoom that we used we used a couple of times in the beginning that you can just carry with you, set on the table. If you're doing a face-to-face type recording, you can just set it on the table and turn it on and start talking. Yeah, that's right. I did use, uh, that was in our earlier podcast, we used the Zoom. But I think what might be good for our listeners is, you know, if you're listening now to my voice and you've been listening to Barry's voice and you're saying, wow, both those mics sound quite cool. um, How about we just pop on the show notes as well as the mic that I'm using and the costs there associated with it, um, but also the mic that Barry's using. So you can get a fair idea of, you know, what the sound quality is like. Yeah, you can spend anything from 40 bucks up to hundreds and hundreds of bucks. Um, yeah. As I mentioned on previous shows, I treated myself, after we came back from Peru, I treated myself to a nice microphone. So I bought a Rode Podcaster, which is about $300, I think. And it's one of those kind of directional mics that sits on a swing arm like the radio guys use. And it's, you know, sits a foot away from my mouth so that I don't get a lot of the background noise other than the yeah. garbage truck sitting at the front. Yeah. Um, 
Um, so it produces really quality sound. But yeah, we'll, we'll in the show notes uh, for episode 34, we'll go ahead and uh, link to a bunch of different microphones you could possibly use to get started. So it, it can be anywhere, yeah, from $40 up to several hundred dollars. And I think something that's also important, which we never used in our earlier podcasts, and if you were to go back to, you know, one and two of our podcasts, you'll hear that uh, the sound is quite different. Uh, something that I, I know you and I have both invested in is a simple uh, pop filter. Now, w- what's the sort that you've got there? Well, actually, the, the Rode uh, Podcaster has a pop filter built into it. Um, but what a pop filter is, is it's like a little um, ring or circle uh, or sometimes foam mm, mm. that sits in front of the microphone or over the top of the microphone that stops the hard P's and, and T sounds from, yeah. from popping against the uh, the uh, condenser in the microphone and making those harsh kind of spiky noises that you you get sometimes. Um, and you also want to you want to experiment a little bit and figure out what the best distance from the microphone. Yeah, is. true. Um, so we'll link to some mics in the show notes, and then uh, obviously that mic's got to pump the sound into somewhere. So yeah, you're going to talk to us about some software and hardware. You're going to need something to record the software with. So mm. the way, if you want to do a dynamic duo show like we're doing right now is um, we're actually recording, uh, we've set up a call in Skype. So we're actually mm. talking to each other over Skype, and we've mm-hmm. got a little piece of add-on software called Call Recorder for Skype that actually records both sides, or you can record a single side. We did the single side thing for a while. Mm. But it records both sides of the conversation into a, into a file, and then mm. when, when the podcast is done, we just have a, that uh, file left over that we can then go and edit. But if you are... Um, if you're doing a, like a live interview with somebody, so for example, those Zoom microphones, they'll record yep. just to an SD card or something like that. So yeah, you, yeah. You'll have it on the SD card. If you want to do, uh, if you're traveling and you want to do a podcast or record a podcast, say into your iPhone or your iPad or something like that, you can just plug, plug that smart lav into your iPhone or your iPad and have a little app on there. There's a couple of apps that I have. There's a the mm-hmm. Rode, Rode Rec app, which is R-O-D-E. Uh, we'll link to that as well. Um, that comes from the Rode microphone company. It's just a little piece of software that help that will record your audio as you speak into the mic. Um, also, Auphonic, A-U-P-H-O-N-I-C, Auphonic, mm-hmm. have an app that you can load onto your um, your smart device, your OS device, and it will it will record the sound as well. And then the added feature of that is once you've done recording, you can pump it up into Auphonic, which is an editing thing we'll talk about shortly. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you just have something to record into. Another free tool for PC that a lot of people use is um, Audacity. Yeah, wonderful tool. I use that quite a bit. Um, so you don't have to spend a lot of money on the software. You don't have to spend any money on the software. You can, and if you're on a Mac, you can record it to GarageBand if you want to. Uh, that's where I do a lot of editing in, in GarageBand just because it's simple and easy mm. and free. And mm. we're not doing anything too tricky with these podcasts. So. Yeah, it's, um, uh, yeah, I'd like to maybe give a big thumbs up for the Audacity uh, software. It's free to download. And again, if you listen to any of my educational podcasts, that's exactly what I use. And it's a great simple tool to use. So, you know, Barry uses GarageBand. I use Audacity. Um, it's about getting out there and experimenting with uh, the top, different types of software that you're comfortable in using. And what seems intuitive to you is, you know, there's mm. different mm. different interfaces for these editing things. And yeah. some of them have all bells and whistles and, and are a bit intimidating. Some are, you know, stripped back real simple and are probably easily approachable for the new person as well. So we little, we dived a little bit into the the editing uh, part of you know this section or this segment here, 
because once we've recorded our content, we've got it down through our software, I guess then we should probably think about how we edit. So if we were to think about this podcast here, um, all we're doing right now is that, like you said, Barry, you're you're about 200 kilometers away from me. So what's that, about 140 miles away from me. Um, and we're doing this over Skype and we're recording it for, for Skype. But what do we do then? So we've got you've got now the the whole podcast in its raw form. What do you do then? Right. So I'll have the main chunk of uh, of the podcast, and and we actually kind of try in our format for the show. We kind of try try and chop the show up into a couple segments. So there's an intro segment, then there's a little bit of a musical transition to the main part of the show, and then a musical transition to the wrap up show, which typically has a call to action at the end of it. So. Um, we'll take this main content, I'll chop it up into three bits, the intro, mm-hmm. the main, and the outro, um, and I'll also cut out any bloopers like the delivery guy that just knocked <laughs> on our door a couple of seconds ago. Yes, yeah, right. Um, and if they're funny, I'll put them at the end of the show, and then, as bloopers at the end of the show, and then you're also going to want, so you're going to want perhaps a, a number of different segments to the show. Mm. Um, then you're going to want some intro music and some outro music. So we have a show introduction that you've probably obviously heard yep. if you're listening to the show. And a show close music uh, and blurb at the end of the show. And then, again, we have little little slices of musical transitions to kind of segment the show up as well. So mm. the question becomes, well, where do I get those? So you can create them yourself if you want. Mm. You, just get, you can get some royalty-free music clips and create them yourself or buy some clips. Um, um, and I use the audiojungle.com, I think, or .net. Yeah, it is. Yeah, is, yeah. A good, is a good place for that. Um, or you can get someone else to do it for you, which is probably easier. So you might want to write a script as to what you want to say in the intro and what you want to say in the outro. And you can either record that just um, yourself, just as a voice track, like uh, we got Gerald to do for the uh, opening and close of the show. Mm. Or you could go on places like uh, fiverr.com and elance.com, odesk dot com and you can find someone a professional voiceover person uh, and make like a professional show intro so you give them the the script uh, tell them to go out and find some music for you um, they'll go out and do it they'll create your sh- you know 20 or 30 second intro 20 or 30 second outro and give you a little musical transition clips as well and that might cost you you know 10 20 40 50 bucks to get that done um and saves you a lot of time and a lot of heartache and you can since it's so cheap especially on fiverr you might even try four or five people it's only going to cost you like 50 bucks and then you can pick the one that comes back that's the best, you know? Yeah, and then when you find somebody that you like, then you can utilize them time and time again. I know I use somebody on uh, on Elance and uh, and he's quite good when he wants to put some stuff together. I can send him the information. He knows me and uh, and I kind of, you know, trust and, and I like this person and that goes back to the KLT model that we speak of in past episodes where we have to, uh, know, like, and trust people. So we've got into our our editing um, format of the the show, and we mentioned earlier that we uh, either use for myself, I use Audacity, and you use a Garage Band. Yeah. Um, what about outsourcing it? Yeah, you can you can completely outsource it as well. If you remember um, back, we had Ben Kruger on, who mm. who's a podcast the podcasting guy, to talk about podcasting and how it can build your business, and we'll link to that episode in the show notes, but. You know, he runs a his whole business is based on doing this for other people. So, you know, if you're out there selling your product and selling seminars or courses or whatever, um, you might want to think to yourself, is this worth my time to do the editing myself? So, mm. um, I heard a a 
entrepreneur the other day talking about, you know, there's $10 an hour work, $100 an hour work, $1,000 an hour work, and $10,000 an hour work. So mm. what are you spending your time doing? If you're spending yeah. your time doing $10 an hour work instead of going out there to a client and getting $1,000 an hour work, it's not yeah. really too smart. So you might want to just outsource the whole thing. You know, Ben Kruger's got smallbusinesspodcasting.com where he does this for clients. All you have to do is, um, you know, you document what your show format's supposed to look like and create a little SOP for them. And then you they can even create the intro, outro, transition, cover art. Um, and we don't know if we mentioned cover art, but the cover art's the little tile that shows up uh, when you go to iTunes or when you mm, go to Stitcher mm. or something like that. Um, you need to get that, mate. And you can do that on Fiverr as well or, or Elance. Um, so you can, you, you can just give them all that stuff. They can create the whole thing for you and you just upload. So we would just basically upload this main part of the interview that we're doing. Mm. And they would cut it up, edit it, get it ready, and produce the final episode and just send you back the final episode for approval. And you're not wasting your time. You can be out selling other products and services and stuff. And look, and I, I guess for you know 34 episodes that we've been doing now, we have got to the stage where it's it's almost templated for us. So we, we have a process that happens. So I'm guessing when I you know, jump off here and then you get all the information that you require. It's as simple as there's my intro. Uh, here's the section where we have the, you know, the music part coming in. Uh, then you, you cut and splice what you need to cut and splice uh, from the editing uh, itself. Uh, you upload that, you put that into your, into your garage band and then boom, uh, you put the outro and you're done. Is that is that how it works and it's quick for you now? Yeah, basically. So I have a whole SOP on, on what happens after we hit um, stop on the recording. Um, and I also have a template in GarageBand. So if I want to do the editing myself, I can just pop open the template. I've got the main uh, MP3 file from the interview and I, I just hack it up into basically four parts. So there's the intro part, there's the musical transition, the main part, musical transition, the close show close, um, and then either end of that, I'll tack in the musical intro and the musical outro. Mm. Um, and then what I tend to do in a lot of episodes is I find a little funny snippet or I find a little um, hook or a little open loop yeah. of some interesting part of the interview. And I put that right at the beginning, maybe 10 or 20 seconds. So when someone hits play, the first thing they get is an open loop or uh, some, some funny bit to make them want to listen to the rest of it. I just heard you mention something uh, when, when you were talking about this whole process here and using, you know, the standard operating uh, procedure is that you mentioned, uh, you know, the MP3 file. Uh, I, I want to move into as the part of the editing, is MP3 the format that we should be using? Because I guess there's M4A, there's, there's, uh, there's what else? There's 4A and I guess there's a .wav format. That's right. Why, why MP3? MP3 is the most used, uh, universally accepted on all the kind of media players. So if you've got an iPhone or an iPad or some sort of MP3 player, obviously they're going to play MP3s. Cars will play MP3s now. Mm. Um, so it's just the most universally um, kind of accepted format to do it in. So obviously you want you want to make your file as, as accessible to as many people as yeah. possible. So yeah, you the final output, you want to be an MP3 file. And with that MP3 file, I guess now if we're going into the next part, so we've, we've already had a look at the format, we've recorded the content, we've done a bit of our editing, uh, where is it going to live? Where do we have to host it, I guess is the question I'm asking. Yeah, so the next question becomes uh, where, is, where do we, what do we do with that MP3 file? Mm. So mm. for a podcast, obviously it has to be accessible to the general public. Anybody mm. 
anywhere should be able to download that file and listen to it. So what I see a lot of people do in the early days is make the mistake of putting it on their web server. So you could load it up to your web server um, where where your website sits. But the problem then becomes you may have hundreds, and if you're lucky, thousands and thousands of people coming to download that file from from your website. Yeah. All that's going to do is grind your website to a halt, number one. Number two, it's going to freak out your website host going, why is all this traffic hitting hitting our web server? Number t- three, those files tend to be pretty big. You know, they, I think our average kind of file size is 30, 40, 50 megabytes. So yeah. um, then you're going to have a lot of bandwidth. Imagine, you know, 40 megabytes times 500 people downloading that file. Yeah. That's a lot of traffic hitting your web server and your in your web hosting company is either going to shut you down or they're going to charge you a whole bucket load of extra bandwidth fees. So um, you want to host your file. You want to put that file up on some sort of media hosting service. So the typical ones are Libsyn, which is um, um, kind of a podcast hosting service. Um, Blueberry is another Mm -hmm. podcast hosting service. Or you can just use kind of a, a storage and access system like Amazon S3. So Amazon S3 is basically just a bucket of storage that you pay Amazon for, and it sits on their servers and is replicated all over the world. And when someone hits it, um, you can just say, make this file public, uh, and then anybody can download it. I recently moved all our shows off Blueberry to Amazon S3. One, because I wanted to play with Amazon S3, but two, because... Um, it's dirt cheap, so yeah. I think we were paying twenty bucks a month to host all the files on Blueberry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I moved them all over to Amazon S3. I got my first bill from Amazon S3 for bandwidth um, last month. It was a dollar eighty four. So pretty good, yeah, pretty good, pretty good. But the, the only drawback with Amazon S3, if you're not kind of a tech savvy, it it can be a bit daunting and confusing. Um, but in the end, it, it's it's fairly simple. But the quick and easy way to do it is to load, pay twenty bucks a month or so to load them up to Libsyn or Blueberry and have them host it for you. Mm. And then there's other, also there's other podcasting services who specialize in just um, hosting podcasts for people. I think you've used Podbean at one point or still do, and yeah, um, other ones like that. If you just go, if you just Google podcasting service, you'll find a bunch of them. But my caveat there is remember what you're doing this for. You're doing this to drive traffic back to your own website. So you want to make sure that you're not putting all your best stuff um, and building someone else's platform rather than yours. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I did uh, in the past use Podbean. I still use it uh, a little, not a lot, a hell of a lot now, but I've also decided just like yourself, Barry, to move a lot of my episodes over to Amazon S3. And I noticed when I did that in the last couple of weeks, I noticed that your first five gigs is free. So the five gigabyte of storage is a, is a hell of a lot of storage. You yeah. know, if we're thinking about, you know, a, a 30 megabyte file, it's going to take a while before you use up all that, all that storage. And it's ridiculous, you know, and Amazon's just ridiculously cheap. Obviously, their yes. infrastructure yes. is the best, right? They're the yeah. best kind of web infrastructure people around. And they actually sell their web infrastructure as part of one of their business units. So mm-hmm. um, you never have to worry about it being down. It's always going to be replicated. Those files will be there. You can archive them forever. And it's tiny. It's like cents on the gigabyte of storage. So it's just, yeah, it's nothing. And we, and we like Amazon because we've been to the Amazon. That's right. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> we're hosting them in the jungle. In- we, we're hosting, yeah. Now, what's this term that I hear often called RSS feed? What is that? Right. So the common misconception is once you host your MP3 file up there somewhere in the cloud, so let's say Amazon S3, for example, 
um, you know, then you want it to show up in all the podcasting mm. directories. So iTunes, obviously, Stitcher, SoundCloud, there's a bunch of podcasting directories. You want your show to show up there. So when someone goes to iTunes and they search for you, hey, bingo, there you are. The common misconception is that somehow Amazon, uh, sorry, somehow iTunes has copied your file down and it's sitting in iTunes and you're downloading mm. the file from iTunes. Not the Absolutely case. not the case at all. Yeah. Um, iTunes doesn't store any of that media themselves. All they do is they take a feed of what's available mm. and present you that feed. And when you say, when you click on that file and you say, yeah, I want episode 34, it actually streams down or downloads from wherever it actually lives. So it could live on Blueberry, could live on Lipsyn, Podbean, uh, Amazon S3, wherever. Um, iTunes is basically just a redirection service at the heart of it. And the way they know you have a new episode available, so when we upload 34 and we hit publish, um, how, does Am how does iTunes know that there's a new podcast? Well, our website, thebrandengine.com, puts out a feed, basically mm. an RSS feed, and iTunes, yeah. iTunes and Stitcher and all the other ones you've listed yourself with, um, just pull that feed on a regular basis. might be every kind of five minutes, every 10 minutes, all right? Mm. And so when we hit publish the new episode gets added to our feed, our RSS feed, which stands for really simple syndication. Yeah. yeah. Um, it gets added to our RSS feed, and um, iTunes goes, oh, hey, new show there. And it pulls down all the information about that new show, you know. And all that information about the new show is actually on our show notes page. So we go to the show notes page, we fill out the show notes. Here's episode 34. Here's what it's about. Here's all the links. Um, here's the date it was published. Here's the keywords that go along with that particular um, episode. When we hit publish, all that becomes part of our RSS feed and iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud, et cetera, suck that information in and present yeah. it to you yeah. in, in that iTunes interface. So once you have the file up there, you have to create some kind of feed. Yeah. And the way you, do, in the way you do that, the way we're doing that, is you can be done from any number, like Blueberry can create you one or Libsyn can create you one or Pod. Podbean can create you one. Um, but as we said already, you want to have that on your own website. So you want your own website creating that feed. So when people click on it, oh, yeah, I want to see the show notes, they're driven back to your website. So it is literally a whole bunch of numbers, isn't it? Numbers and letters. It's just a that, that, string that, of it, text. Yeah, it's just string a of text. string of text. You can actually get RSS readers. Mm. Um, uh, Feedly is the one I use, basically. And you can say, so there's a bunch of blogs I like to follow, like Dan Norris and uh, yeah. Active Campaign Blog and James Schramko. So I take their RSS feeds. They they produce all their blog content as RSS feeds. I suck them into Feedly, which is an RSS feed aggregator, which basically says, hey, go out and get all these feeds from all over the internet and put it all together. So it's almost like my own custom newspaper, right? Mm -hmm. I, get, I get articles from these 10 things. And I don't have to go out and visit 10 different websites. All that information comes to me kind of by the feed. Yeah, and I guess if the uh, there are a lot of developers out there that are now working with you know manufacturers of radio where they where they're starting now to add in uh, on the radio stations RSS feeds, so you don't have to listen to your normal you know free to wear radio stations. You can you can pop into your own podcast and download that as you're driving to work, which I know a lot of people do that with our podcast. They download it onto their iOS device and they just Bluetooth it to their radio and they listen to us on the way, just like our um, our five-star review did earlier on today. Exactly right. And, you know, with other services like Stitcher, for example, if you've, mm. got, if you've got Wi-Fi or a good 4G connection or whatever, you can just stream the episode live. You don't even have to download it. It just streams from the Stitcher website via our RSS feed. 
So I guess in in effect, people that are thinking about getting their brand online and building their brand for themselves, this apart apart from writing an article, uh, this could be the next easiest way to be able to get some content up on their website. Absolutely. And I think most business owners, if they've been around for a while like yourself, you know, you've been in business for years, you're used to talking to your customers and talking yes. to your prospects yes. and talking yeah. and you know you know the words and phrases and kind of pitch mm-hmm. pitch that's going to get them across the line to buy. So you know how to talk to your potential customers. Um, and that's basically what your podcast becomes. It becomes you talking to your customer. And I guess to slowly start to wrap up, the idea of, of all that is, is like you were saying before, is to get some content up there. And, and that was one of the streams or the media streams that we looked at. You can either write an article, you can uh, do a video. And this one here, we're talking about doing uh, podcasts. But the idea is to drive the business always back to your site. Absolutely. So, and what you want to do is you want to make sure every show has a call to action of some sort. Mm-hmm. And that may be as simple as, hey, go to our website and, and have a look at our show notes. So, for every, every episode we do, uh, we have comprehensive show notes over on the, the Brand Engine. So you'll find these ones over at thebrandengine.com forward slash mm. episode 34. All the links we've mentioned in the show. And we'll even have a download, a quick and dirty guide to podcasting that you can download uh, PDF. Um, so you want to make sure you have a call to action that drives them back to the show. And you want to make sure those show notes actually add some value as well. So um, you want to have a few paragraphs of text there, maybe a unique image that can be indexed by Google. You want those paragraphs of text to have the, some of the keywords about what you're talking about in the episode so that you get the SEO value there. Um, and then you want to have uh, all the links you mentioned in the show note because, as you said, a lot of people are listening to this while they're driving or while they're running mm-hmm. or at the gym. So they can't write down when we talk about alphonic.com or audacity.com. They can't write that down uh, while they're driving. So you want to make sure that they you can drive them back to the show notes so that all the links are there and they can follow the links uh, and you're engaging with them back at your site. And then obviously you want to have a call to action to try and Mm, get mm. them to take the next step. That might be to listen to another podcast or subscribe to your podcast on iTunes or download a PDF or get onto your mailing list or whatever. So, yep, so have some show notes. Remember the whole point of this is to take the spoke, which is iTunes Mm, and mm. Stitcher and SoundCloud, and drive them back to the hub of your wheel, which is your website. And and for... People that have been listening to us, we like to give offers and we always like to ask people to send us in their podcasts or videos or articles so that we can review it. And Barry, I had somebody contact me personally. Um, Her name's Catherine from the creative arts industry and she sent me a video and said, hey, I put a video together and I was listening to your podcast. Would you mind uh, reviewing my video? I, I guess what I want to do there is because we offered that last week, uh, I, I think we could just about offer one this week for a podcast. And would you mind if uh, somebody was to send in their podcast or maybe a small audio file for us to listen to, would you review it and give them some feedback? Absolutely. So if you want to head over to thebrandengine.com forward slash episode 34, down the bottom of the page, you'll find some uh, comments. In the comment section, just put a link to your podcast or put a link to um, your audio file. And we'll be happy to uh, give you some feedback on that if you like. And you've got something special for everyone that's listening today. They can download something. That's right. Um, if you go over to the show notes, you'll find uh, the quick and dirty guide to podcasting that kind of uh, reviews what we talked about here. You can download that and use that as a bit of a reference while you get your podcast set up. So head over there and download that. 
Don't forget, folks, we always want to hear your feedback. You can leave us any of the ways that we've mentioned in the past using SpeakPipe or just dropping a line to us, emailing us, phone us if you have to. I don't care, send a pigeon if you <laughs> if that's the easiest way that you know how to do it. But um, this has been episode 34. Once again, Barry, it has been enlightening and we've got so much more to talk about in uh, future episodes. I want to thank you for your time and don't forget, folks, we ask you clearly to build your brand online. See you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Brand Engine podcast. You can find all the show notes, news, and upcoming events over at thebrandengine.com. Content, get that content out there to do a bit of poll marketing so people come back to you. Oh, oh you're kidding. Hold <laughs> on. It's the garbage truck.